you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Here's McCaffrey. Full head of steam. McCaffrey be able to get it in. Roethlisberger pulls it back, throws, has Juju Smith-Schuster. What a start to the night. One play, bang, touchdown Steelers. Newton keeps, he's in trouble, throws, up for grabs and picked. Intercepted by Williams, touchdown. And it's a seven-point Steeler lead as they put up two touchdowns in 13 seconds. This one down the sideline for Brown. He's got it. He's got another touchdown Steelers. Oh, my goodness. The Pittsburgh Steelers going nuts. Dan Hans is here along with Mark Sessler. The rest of the boys are going to join us in just a few minutes to break down uh, the rest of week 10, the previews. But now we have to recap a 52 to 21 win for the Steelers over a completely overmatched and seemingly unprepared Panthers team that didn't know what hit him, couldn't get a stop. Ben Roethlisberger, simply put, uh, one of the greatest games of his career, 22 of 25, 328 yards, five touchdowns, no interceptions, a perfect pass rating of 158.3 before he gave way to Joshua Dobbs uh, to finish things out. Mark, what did you learn in this game? I think what I learned was that Pittsburgh's been hearing everyone talk about the Chiefs and the Patriots and the Chargers at this point, and Pittsburgh is the team people want to push out of the picture because maybe there's a little bit of Steelers exhaustion after so many years of getting far into the playoff situation and then getting bumped by New England, a very predictable narrative. They say Tonight they basically said, look, you want to come in on Thursday night into Pittsburgh with, we hear all about your Carolina Panthers situation. We're going to take <laughs> you out. I mean, this the Panthers defense is not what it was of years past, but this was an utter domination. And the way Pittsburgh took control of the game so quickly, so early out of the gate, and a pristine performance by Big Ben, there was no point when they got down 21-7 Carolina that I thought There's, they're going to climb back into this. It just You could tell 
the protection, Cam Newton got crushed tonight. There was no moment where you thought they're going to climb back into this game. Yeah, the, the crazy thing about it was that Carolina took the opening kickoff and went right down the field and went up 7 nothing. Uh, and uh, by midway through the fourth quarter, it was 52-14. to 14, And there was a, a late touchdown just to uh, put the final touches on the score. But, you know, the, last week I, I, I said the, I thought the Panthers – we're right there in the same class of the top NFC heavyweights. And I do still believe that, but only in their building, because this was a reminder. We actually talked about it on Wednesday's podcast. Uh, Greg dismissed it, and I'll have to have words with him uh, when I see him. You must. <laughs> yes. Uh, the Panthers in primetime, Cam Newton in primetime, especially on the road, have never fared well. And this was an epic stink bomb. And it makes you wonder, the true great teams travel well. And the Panthers, this is a game that's like, ooh, these guys better have home games in the playoffs if you want them to go deep. And losing badly like this to fall to 6-3, and three, this is not going to help their cause. Masked in this game and lost in it is a excellent performance by Christian McCaffrey, although I think he has some pass protection issues. He does. Some of the sacks on Cam Newton are on him. I thought the killer turning point in this was coming right out of halftime up 31-14, to 14, the Steelers take the ball and drive nearly seven-plus minutes, absolutely use the clock up. I mean, that was one of the quickest half of a half of a quarters that we've seen. And they go up 38-14, to 14, and they close it with a touchdown to Vance McDonald. They pull Big Ben in the fourth quarter as they should have. We have no idea why Cam Newton was still in this game as late as he was. What is the purpose Everybody. There? I mean, they did take Big Ben out. He was, he was still in the game when they were up by 30 points. Uh, and can play the entire. Well, he came out for the last drive. Uh, and you just you just wonder what what anybody thinks with those type of things. I mean, the the stats are staggering. Big Big Ben. Uh, this, I mean, he averaged thirteen yards per attempt. That's that's otherworldly. And 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 you look at their stats as a team. It's just a reminder. And this is all without Le'Veon Bell. They had fifty eight total plays. And they had over 450 yards. They had 10 drives. They scored 52 points, one on a pick six, uh, as you heard. But uh, this was not even a special James Conner game. This was just a total, complete, dominant effort. Yeah, if anything, Conner left uh, in the concussion protocol late in the game. But it was Juju Smith-Schuster. It was Antonio Brown. It was Vance McDonald. It's it, They've got a host of weapons, just like these other AFC teams we talk about. And I'd be concerned if I'm the Panthers just by the fact that you're going to have to go on the road if you're Carolina in this, in this playoff journey. There's no way we can talk about them as a bye team. I simply don't buy it. So do we trust them <laughs> on the road? Uh, fair enough. But uh, listen, Thursday night also is there – we, there's a weird soup on Thursday night where things like this happen. I wonder if these two teams played 100 times in a row on Sunday afternoon, we would not see this well, result. that's why you said you don't buy the Panthers after this. I – I I'm sh- I'm I'm shook a little bit about how they can perform on the road in a big spot, but at the same time these Thursday night games you you don't know what to take out of them because, and we've seen it the last four weeks when you look at these outcomes which are just total bombs, uh, some of these teams are just simply not ready, uh, to go on the road and handle the crowds and the injuries and the lack of practice and and what you're seeing in some of these uh, these games is just like. Look at if you're Fox and if you're NFL Network, 
you know you, the, the way the business works that you need to get all these different teams some primetime love. So you use Thursday night on some on some level as that place to tuck in teams. But then you say to yourself, all right, good. We got the Steelers and Panthers locked in for week 10, so people won't get too crazy. Well, look what happens. Some teams aren't ready for these games, and you have a 31-point loss. Ooh, it's just it's rough. These Thursday night games are tough to watch sometimes. I, I, I am not ready for the – the Tide ad campaign on Fox either, which features oh a lot God, of hideous acting. I was not ready for Mark Wahlberg, a Patriots fan, <laughs> to be featured at halftime in Pittsburgh. That felt like a little bit of a... I'm still waiting. What's I'm, going on with I'm that? I'm still trying to process Jonah Hill plugging his skateboard movie a couple weeks ago. Jonah Hill, who's never watched a football game in his life. Uh, way to nail your demo. But yeah, that, suspicious. that's beside the point. All right, there you go. Pittsburgh Steelers drop a 50-burger on the Panthers. Not the last you're going to hear from either of these teams, but this is a Not dark, all. dark night for the Panthers who will quickly look to turn the page. Anyway, we got a lot more to get to in Week 10, so let's get to the rest of the schedule. The Around the NFL Podcast. Needs more at Tamposi NFL. Welcome to another edition of the Around the NFL Podcast. My name is Dan Hansis, and I'm joined in a room filled with heroes, Mark Sessler, Chris Wessling and Greg Rosenthal. What is up, boys? Hey, Dan. Strong hint on who's producing the show today, given to you a few seconds ago with the drop. Typical. Typical behavior. You can go to my Twitter, and I tweeted out, leave your money tags below, and out of a hundred and so comments, I threw them all into a hat, and that's just the one that happened to, to, to go, but it's it's written out. Go take, a, a, go take a peek. It's a big hat. <laughs> Um, <laughs> Ten gallon. Well, that's okay, Erica. We're fine. We're fine with you promoting you. your brand on a I, daily I basis. I didn't show. do it. You have a brand? The Ricky Hollywood brand? That thing is going off. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the Thursday edition of the Around the NFL podcast. You just heard at the top of the show, uh, me and the one and true Quiet Storm um, recap the Panthers at Steelers. Uh, but there are many more games to get to. Uh, we have four teams on bye this week. The Ravens, Broncos, Texans, and Vikings. Um, but we have so many games to get to. Big week. This is a big week uh, on the NFL schedule, isn't it, Greg? Because the teams that are kind of keeping their head above water, maybe they're a game under, you lose another game and you really start to run out of time. The clock starts working against you. I, I do like the NFL season for that, that every week has a heavier weight to it. So I think that would be, that's going to be even more true next week and the week after right. that. And like when some of those losses start coming, like let's say the Packers lost for some reason this week, it's like that, then that, that loss just feels heavy. It's like on your back. Along with all the rest of the Green Bay losses they shouldn't have yeah. had up till now. And it's also another like case to extend the trade deadline out. And maybe you'll do this in a week or two. Uh, re-examine that and what kind of trades you would have made if the if you pushed back the trade deadline. Because right now, there's a lot of teams uh, that are right in the thick of things or think they are, but they're not. Uh, it's always fun when there's some sellers involved. It just juices up. It gooses everything. November is attrition season two. Injuries take away a contender or two or three every November. Because if you go on IR now, you're just about done for the year no matter what. Right. You're not boomeranging back into You're our not world. boomeranging this in November. As you brought up uh, yesterday with the Redskins, West, one team that's been banged hard. So let's get to the games and let us start with a big, big NFC North affair. In fact, we were just talking about uh, a teams that need a win to kind of stay above water and not 
not put so much pressure on them. Well, look at the Lions because this is this is the down and dirty. They are three and five. They've lost two straight, and it happens real quick. You're three and three, and you're feeling okay. You drop two games, and all of a sudden, whoa, we cannot go three and six. And what do you got to do? You got to go on the road here, uh, and you got to go to play the Chicago Bears. So, Mark, we'll thank you for the reminder. A big, a big game for the Bears because the the Bears have a chance to stack some wins here. They got a big game coming up next week, Mark, against the Vikings. But if you are worthy of the team of ATL, if you're worthy of being taken seriously, beat a Lions team that clearly is mediocre. Yeah, I mean, a Lions team I just don't trust of late. I thought that they were handled by Seattle two weeks ago. And last week against the Vikings, there were opportunities given to them to stick around in that game, which they did nothing with. They had two turnovers. One generated a field goal after a busted drive. The second was done on that possession for Detroit when Matthew Stafford attempted to roll out, run, and pitch the ball to carry on Johnson. It flees right by him, and Daniil Hunter takes it in for a Vikings touchdown, essentially game over. I mean, they just are also a team that cannot protect their quarterback right now. 13 sacks on Stafford over the past two weeks. Ten of those last week, obviously, a total killer. And the one thing about the Bears, they haven't gone out and unfurled big wins over giant opponents that would thrill us, but they have stamped teams that are lesser than them. And I don't feel, I feel like the one thing with their coaching staff, which is you never know where the new coaching staff we're going to get. They're not a letdown team. They didn't go into Buffalo and play a bad game. They hammered Buffalo and they've beaten up on some of these teams that are lesser. So I trust the bears to take care of business at home against Detroit. I've been calling the bears a playoff team. They're one of the few teams to be leading in the second half of every single game this year. Their three losses have come with a grand total of 11 points. Against good teams, Against other good than teams. the Dolphins. And I want to get the lock out of the way this week because there are no good locks, so I'm locking the Bears. That's a great lock. I like think. It. I, I can barely look at myself in the mirror for this one. Oh, just because the, the way the Lions are looking, they, <laughs> they aren't barely look at myself. <laughs> right. Uh, that was good. The Lions aren't – they're not good. Their passing game is not good enough to, like, carry an entire team. Like, they're they're a team that's been overrated maybe by us, by by everyone. If you look, look at their efficiency, they're down a, at 27th in DVOA because they have basically an average offense. You think of it as good, but it's basically average. The last two weeks, they, they've been pretty poor after Stafford had played great for a while. And I it's a bad defense, the and the spe- – and the special teams is bad enough that they got their coordinator fired. So it's a bad defense, bad special teams, and a very mediocre offense. Where are we on a, a Khalil Mack? What is his status? He's missed the last two weeks. Practicing fully, as is Allen Robinson. They might have played this right. They gamed that time. They got two wins while he was uh, uh, on the mat. And if he could come back and be himself, they kind of nailed the timeline on that. And you've got the Lions, then the Vikings, then the Lions again. This is a chance for Chicago, and we can see what Green Bay does, still very much alive in that division. This is a chance for Chicago to put some of these teams away. They have been really consistent. You mentioned that, that they've had a, a lead in the second half. Do you pretty much have known what you're getting from the Bears every week, and I think they want to build the offense a little more. Allen Robinson, get him back into the mix. Anthony Miller, my, I have a question. Like, How big of a role is he going to have in the offense? Because he he seems to be a very valuable – the plays he makes are very valuable, and I, I think he might have a bigger role down the stretch. Feels like every broadcasting crew that does a Bears game comes away with the nugget that the Bears coaching staff really loves Anthony Miller. Mm. Uh, and since Wes locked it up, we are about halfway through – the season, so a reminder of where we're at in the lock standings because there's a trophy 
and a pretty trophy on the line. Do we get a new trophy or we, what? Do we? Yeah, definitely. Okay. Is it? Go- <laughs> okay. <laughs> I know where that's coming from. Uh, is it going to be like a, a belt or what? Are you working on this with behind the scenes? Erica? Yeah, I have a huge graphic team and uh, you know. 3D printers and printers. all Printers. Oh, yeah. No, we, we is want the underlying, Is the 3D issue that you don't... printers. Oh, 3D. Are you 3D. kind of saying that you are annoyed that this is a task that's been given to you? Is that what no, I'm sensing? No, not at all. No, no. I'm think, just... I think you Mark, guys deserve the best. Read between the lines. She wants a new trophy. Check in with Stu's Wood. I'm struggling to read between... I don't understand. <laughs> anyway, here we are. Uh, West, first place, 7-2. and two, But on a two-game skid here. Yes, reeling. Uh, the old Zeuser is on a five-game winning streak, six and three. Mark five and four. Greg, you got the W last week to stay alive. You're kind of like the Lions right now. I'm out. You need a win. I'm done. You need a win. You haven't I'm killed this segment yet. No, I did that stronger. with. I did that with the picks. <laughs> I'm gonna have to win it. Yeah, I won the picks a couple times in a row, and then I killed those, and that's my goal here. Did you kill the fork committee too? That just died naturally, I guess. People I have been asking me about the fork. I, we forgot. Mark and about I had a conversation that. about that. I, uh, I feel like the fork, yeah. I love the fork. Really? I, I, I think there's a couple segments, inclu- including one involving this year's Bears, that we need to look strongly at before <laughs> we just automatically re-engage. All right, let's move on. The Saints uh, are 7-1, and one, and they've won seven straight, and they just beat the Rams. So what can you say about the Saints other than they are a Super Bowl favorite right now? Nice matchup here. They travel to face the Bengals, who get um, – they had a bye week, but that wasn't enough to get A.J. Green healthy, West. So that's a major problem because when the Cincinnati offense hasn't had A.J. Green, uh, they have struggled historically, and he's on the shelf with a foot injury. They have a chance to get Gio Bernard and John Ross back. They're both practicing this week. So that would alleviate some of A.J. Green's absence, but they don't have any other future Hall of Famers on this on this offense. So that's a huge – it's a huge problem against an offense like the Saints that has an advantage over every other team in the league because they're playing with one more down than everyone else. Sean Payton has just decided to go for fourth downs. And why mm. can you blame him when your quarterback completes 80% of his passes, you have a mismatch nightmare at running back, and your wide receiver is the most reliable positive outcome in football? They're doing and you it multiple got ben, times on one drive. And sometimes. you got Ben Watson making plays for you. I mean, people are coming they, out of the woodworks. That's why I think the Dez move makes sense because I can totally see Dez just making some plays. He only needs to be the fifth or sixth option. I think that is a huge advantage to know that you're as soon as you get to like your own 40-yard line, you're going for it. Yep. Yep, it is. And they are so loaded right now. Yeah, you throw in Dez, and maybe he's got something to take. Maybe he doesn't, but it's not a huge gamble either way. Mark Ingram, a guy that went over 1,500 total yards last year, he doesn't really have a defined role in this offense because Kamara is that good, and he's kind of their goal line guy too. He's just like a total player, uh, so they have depth in the backfield. It's, it's oh, by a the scary way, team. the best offensive line in football. Scary. I mean, that, of course you're going for fourth downs this, with that. This is the only matchup of the week with two winning teams, and I think a month ago we would have thought, what a great matchup. The Bengals just feel a little off the radar, even though they're 5-3 and three coming off a bye because the two weeks that we last saw them, they were really handled – by Pittsburgh, they were a little lucky to get out of Tampa Bay, but I haven't given up on the. Uh, well, they're the, the green Bengals, yeah, You've though. been killing them. 
I'm just saying it's they're, they're, they're at, for, they're at five month. and three. They're, they're, they need to come out of the bye looking different, and that's going to be hard to do. They're not a, like like you can say so-and-so's a jag. They're a jag, jack, just a team. They're just they're, they're there. You're encapsulating this nice little five and three record. I know yardage allowed doesn't mean anything. They are, by that definition, the worst defense yep. in the NFL, but they give up big, explosive plays, and they're playing about the worst matchup in terms of an offense. The Vikings did a great with. job getting after Drew Brees, getting pressure on him with blitzes. You you wonder, I don't know, it's a similar-ish type of defense in, in Cincinnati, whether but they this, come after him. This is another underrated attrition team. Yeah, They lost Carl Lawson for the season with a torn ACL. Vontez Burfick, Darquez Denard, Nick Vigil have all been out. That's three starters out of their lineup. And we don't talk about the Bengals that way, but they're playing, you know, they're playing at less than full strength for a while now. By the way, everyone talking up Drew Brees, as they should, possible MVP candidate. There's like a thing moving now. Uh, popular consensus that Drew, uh, have we been underrating Drew Brees this whole time? Is he better than Peyton Manning? I've seen this popping up no. where Brees comes in historic. And I think that's such recency bias. Like they were in the same league at the same time for most of Brees' career. And at no point was Drew Brees consistently better than Peyton Manning. Stop it. He is at no, this age. No, like Manning, Manning faded out at an earlier age, but sure. I think it's just the matter that Manning's not in the league. Sure. And Drew Brees is great. It's just not that great. Well, can, can we block people for these things? Sure. I mean, that's I mean, that's a that, blockable effect. Isn't that what you've been doing? Yes. The entire okay. Don't bring that trash onto my timeline. Let's move on. The Atlanta Falcons are four and four back from the dead. It wasn't long ago, four weeks in fact, that they were one and four, three W's. They're a bye week in the mix there, and now they're heading to Cleveland to face the Browns. The Browns haven't won a game in over a month. Uh, so they are obviously looking to get a W. They're, it would be their first under Greg Williams, the interim coach. Uh, Greg, here's Matt Ryan and Julio Jones. Julio got off the snide and otherwise has been as productive as ever uh, versus a Browns defense that's been up and down. Mostly down lately. I mean, the the prairie lands of space that the Chiefs had to run through after the catch. It's Greg Williams, you get aggressive and then you get too aggressive. And Matt Ryan is so sharp right now and all of those guys are so good after the catch. They've built a team where a lot of those yards that Matt Ryan's getting are just Tevin Coleman running after the catch or Taylor Gabriel. I mean, not Taylor Gabriel. Calvin Ridley running after the catch. Certainly Sanu, Julio. It's just a team full of guys who can always make a play on a third and eight where you throw it five yards short of the sticks and they just make a play for you. Watching them absolutely destroy Washington's secondary an entire defense last week. I, I looked at this matchup and thought Cleveland is done just for the reason you mentioned because what Kareem Hunt did last week is exactly what Tevin Coleman can do to them again. They don't have Christian Kirksey. They've lost, they, they're down in the secondary. They've got EJ injuries. Gaines EJ Gaines IR. is on IR. Dental they're starting Ward. to lose people. I just and, and they're going to – I know that Bruce Irvin – it did not play well down the stretch in Oakland and had issues there, but they they actually have a line of a pass rushers that can, they plan to put them all out there. They're talking about using this like New York Giants-esque NASCAR package where NASCAR they blow everyone up, and the Browns have one of the worst left tackles right now in football. I, it's not a good formula. If people I, love the NASCAR package. It's just like that's a, a good brand for some reason. Yeah. Like whenever, I don't get the ref because I'm so out of the loop on NASCAR, but just what, a bunch of guys – Racing toward the quarterback? Yeah, they're racing toward the yeah. quarterback, and this team plays in the south. Okay. I mean, it's it works it's down fine. there. It works down there. It's fine. It's, it's not for me. It's but not it's working fine. in but that's West what Los they, Angeles. That's what they so call well. the, the, the Giants, too. So, uh, give me a break. I love seeing all these offenses running Greg Williams beaters. 
Mm. You want to blitz? You want to bring pressure? Screen passes, end arounds, reverses, jet sweeps. Keep bringing your pressure, Greg Williams. Well, in the in the Browns' left tackle situation is so it's bad. It's a disaster. That it's it's hamstringing Baker Mayfield's ability to operate, and it's I don't know if it's ironic, but it's almost like it's almost became too predictable. That was the that was the storyline all offseason. Who's going to replace Joe Thomas? And it's totally sinking their offense. One thing I want to watch from Baker Mayfield: you don't have to throw every pass as hard as you can. I'd like to see a little more like. Sometimes touch. he does. Sometimes, right? He, he yeah. can. There was a touch pass to Duke Johnson. He threw that was nice. Um, but a lot of times he's just winding up and throwing it through his receivers. And sure, sometimes you need to do that, but not all the time. I don't think his group of receivers are, are helping him a lot in I general. Totally agree. But I thought last couple of weeks he's played some of his better football, but it gets lost in all the disaster that's happening on, on the defense. I think Baker Mayfield, because I like him a lot, is because they have not been winning, obviously. They've lost five of six. I think he's due to have like yes. a big Baker Mayfield game where it's like reminds everybody again this guy is the guy. And I could see it happening at home against the Falcons. But at the same time, I'm just too in on the Falcons right now, and they're playing well. And, Mark, this isn't personal, but I'm going to lock up the Falcons, the Dirty Birds. I do not take it personally. The Dirty Birds are going to dance. I could see a shootout here. I it almost happens. went down the for the fourth time locking up the Browns, but I am tired of doing things yeah. that are just Especially vaguely with, stupid. Right, they play, and they're playing a, a team that's just better than them. Yeah, people they can forget win the a Falcons game. were 4-4 four and four last year. I give the Browns fans, though, it really stuck out to me last week, so much credit. Like, I can't believe how loud the Browns crowd was for that Chiefs game, even when they're down in the first, in the second quarter. I'm just, I was just like imagining, imagine if the Patriots were as bad as the Browns were for half as long as the Browns were, and it's a week nine game and you're two and six, even with Baker in number one overall draft picks. Like, that place would be silent. People would be miserable and depressed. And the Browns fans, like, it, it seems like they're in the playoff race still. What's wrong with these people? Group delusion. I'm trying to give them credit, but it's also almost like crazy. <laughs> I think it's Baker job. Mayfield. It's Baker Mayfield because in past years it would have been yeah. like Brandon Whedon or some other total jabroni out there, and you do not go to that game. The Jacksonville Jaguars coming off their bye. Hopefully, if you're a Jags fan or Tom Coughlin or Doug Marone, you think, oh, this gave us a chance to clear our heads because they are in a free fall. Four straight losses, five out of six. They're three and five, just like the Lions. Three and five is a very dangerous place to be because you almost need that W or you are effectively buried. And now they got to go to Indy to face a Colts team also coming off their bye, but playing very well right now, Mark, especially on offense. So you got a resurgent Andrew Luck against the Jags defense that has not been answering the call this year. Yeah, it's usually – I feel like it's the Bengals that usually um, win this award with me early in the season, like right around now. But it is the Jaguars who I need out of my life. And <laughs> I find myself openly rooting for the Colts, not just this week, but in general. They're fun to watch. After all the shenanigans of having to write about Andrew Luck's shoulder and injuries and what will happen and the way they had to deal with that from a PR angle last year, it's just a better league. One of the big reasons this season is better is because we have Andrew Luck – back in our life doing Andrew Luck things. And I really love the way that they've been able to run the ball the last couple of weeks after being so imbalanced for so long. And I finally think with the Colts that they backed into, and it, it's funny how these things work out, in Frank Reich, the best coach in this division and someone that will absolutely maximize. Look at like what they're doing with guys we've never heard of before. And I would like to see them drop a hammer on the Jaguars Ooh. at home. And they're going to, and I'm going to lock it up. Love it. I like it. I like it. It is. That's funny you bring that up too, Mark, because Reich, everyone 
right now is on the right train and, and thinks he's a great pick. I know you said, uh, and you, you kind of came around on it a little bit, but you had said that you were okay with Hugh staying in the role as head coach because nobody would have coached the Browns. But, like, you never know if there's a Frank Wright guy that's ready to step into the job and it has just been waiting for the opportunity. Right. And that's how the, the Colts lucked out more. The Colts get lucky, let's be honest with you. You, you, you luck into Peyton Manning. You luck into Andrew Luck. And now you might have lucked, lucked into, into a franchise. I mean, they had to leave in the middle of the night. <laughs> lucked into a franchise in 84. And now you might have a head coach that you can pair with your second franchise quarterback in, in 20 years uh, in Frank Reich. You mentioned shoulder shenanigans. The shenanigans are coming from the other team this year. I mean, the things are going on in this locker room. And then this week, reporters ask A.J. Bouye some questions, and he says, I don't have to answer them because I'm not playing this week. He's, he missed the last game with an injury, and Doug Marone said, that's news to me. Mm. You guys are breaking news to me. That's not what the trainers are telling me. Well, this was a team that was talking a lot, feeling themselves, and when that starts going poorly, it's interesting to see how, how they respond. I'm surprised, Dan, because this is usually on your radar, mm. that you didn't recognize what kind of game this is. Oh, this is a uh, wounded dog game? Well, that too, maybe. But a loser, a loser goes, goes, loser home. goes home. home game. Bye-bye. Yeah. You're, you're out of the AFC South. Sorry. Loser goes home. Yeah, you're I, out of the wild card, too. I got a feeling, though, if, even if uh, the Colts lose, Wes is going to be pounding the table, but they could still make a run. So I don't want to say <laughs> Three that. Three and six is awfully hard when to you come were back talk, when you, you love were, these Colts. Though. I do you love see, the Colts. You could, oh, they could won seven they're, in a row. They're the team of West EL. Well, <laughs> I, Mark, when Mark was saying how he enjoys watching that, if we had done, like, the first year we did the team around the NFL, we just kind of, it happened during the season. Right. I think if we had naturally just waited, the Colts seem like the closest thing we have to an agreement. I think at least, I don't know if Dan cares about the Colts or not. But He's the a Texans man. Yeah, they're in my top. I like the I, Jets, I like the Colts. to be honest with you. Yeah, I like the Colts. <laughs> but, uh... yeah. So you're never going to get but on I... board. But I th- I'm saying we, we're kind of on the same. Right, because same I think for the two of us, well, the, Greg also has a favorite team. I forget about sometimes. But Greg the, three of, us, the three of us like like one team. Like the Colts, I still enjoy watching on Game Pass. That just don't. And well, the Bears are, fine, Bears are fine too. Two quick things. We haven't mentioned Leonard Fournette is expected to be back in this game. So, And, and it's so... funny. I mean that's that's a big. Well, you can't do worse saying. than Carlos Hyde did last when we last saw the Jaguars. There's a little exhaustion it can, there. It can be both a big deal and who cares because what has he done really? Right. The Colts. It's amazing that with Naheem Hines and uh, and Mac that the Colts have the tougher, you know, better running game. They're and that, almost and the, five yards per the carry. The offensive rookie of the month in Quentin Nelson. You never see that happen uh, for a guard. And I know it was the Raiders, and they the Raiders are absolute junk, just coming at us 100 miles an hour. But the Colts in that game, when they hammered Oakland, put together these 11 and 13 play drives. They are just able to do so much right now. I know it's this isn't fantasy football, but uh, why did the Jaguars pick up Sam Bradford? Why not? This is Blake. He's got a bone-on-bone bone condition and yeah. apparently had not been even practicing. The oh, really? The last I didn't know he was week. not healthy. Yeah. We've been going through a lot of Blake Bortles and Jackson. Like, this has been a five-year topic on this. But this really is, coming off the bye, like his stretch run. He he needs to go on a run or he's yeah. not going to. This feels like the end. Year. and You know, he's, you never know, though. If, if they could get to 10 wins, I bet they'd bring him back again. Yeah. No, no. It's hard. We'll no. His contract is hard to cut. I mean, you had to bring someone else in that you'd be very comfortable right. starting over him. That's all. That I'd would say. be a major shift in philosophy for them. Right. The the best running gag, at least for a sports fan, on uh, the Good Place, the NBC comedy, is Blake Bortles. Blake Bortles uh, references if he ever loses his job or gets shipped out of Jacksonville, that would make that show much less. So I'm a little bit mm. conflicted mm. 
it, w- it would take away from the show. I think it's if you're, you're going to attach loyalist. I am. Yeah, if you're going to attach your Peacock, comedy maybe. vehicle to a player on a team, a struggling player on a team that might move him at some point, a bit risky. Yes, his his crappiness is basically the joke. But well, it, that at may a certain not, point, that may not be risky. Yeah. Quick second for an ad read. Finding a dress shirt that fits is nearly impossible. Something is always off, be it the collar or the sleeves. Thankfully, ordering a custom fit shirt has never been easier with proper cloth. At propercloth.com, you can easily create a custom shirt size in seconds by answering 10 simple questions. Choose from over 20 collar styles, 10 cuff styles, and 500 fabric styles, from classic to business to casual. Even customize your shirt and get the style that you want. The team at Proper Cloth works with the best fabric producers and only buys fabrics that meet their high-quality expectations. Each one of their shirts goes through extensive quality control, testing, so you're getting the absolute best quality and craftsmanship. Best of all, Proper Cloth guarantees a perfect fit, meaning if that somehow your shirt doesn't fit perfectly, they'll remake it for free. Looking better has never been this easy, and it starts just $80. Stop wearing shirts that don't fit. Start looking your best with custom-fitted shirts. Go to propercloth.com slash around today. Enter gift code around to save $20 on your first shirt. All right, let's move on. The Arizona Cardinals, uh, they're coming off a bye. They got that comeback win. They're coming uh, off a nine-week bye. <laughs> <laughs> well, see, you say that, but then you forget what happened in the fourth quarter against the Niners. I do. When, when Josh okay. Rosen... Under Byron Lefwich, the genius offensive coordinator of the team, uh, they put up two touchdowns, a two-point conversion. They went 18-15, and all of a sudden there's a sliver of optimism in the desert this year. Well, here's the reward. They go to Kansas City, Arrowhead, to face the Chiefs, who are rolling. Uh, uh, Here is a rundown of their points scored so far this season, 38-42, 38-27, 30-40, 45-30, and 37-37. My goodness, Wes, this could get ugly. Oh, yeah. They they also stumbled on a new weapon last week. They just decided out of nowhere, we're going to start to showcase Spencer Ware again. And they had plays designed specifically to get the ball in Spencer Ware's hands in space. Five or six plays like that. And I think he had about 90 yards in the game. So just when you thought they only have like five pick-your-poisons on this team, now it's another one. It's like an all-star team. And they haven't slowed down. You know, that's – the most impressive thing about them is they've stayed at this exact high level the whole time. And so now that we're halfway through the season, now you have to start thinking, well, they have a chance to go down as one of the defining offenses ever to be with the 99 Rams, uh, the 07 Patriots. I, I put the that 2018 Saints. Yeah. I even put some of those like Broncos teams with Manning, but the, certainly I would put the chiefs even at another level than the 2018 I just, Saints. I just had a vision. Like, it, clearly, it just came into my mind of us being at media night, which, you know, I, I hate to tell you guys, that's coming. But Andy Reid is at the podium. Let's do it. And he's the story of Super Bowl week. Andy Reid finally getting over the hump. Oh, yeah. He should be the story. He's it would be it. a great – I, mean, I think obviously, it's going to happen. I want the Patriots to be there, but to your point, Football Outsiders right now has them as a thir- – and I know it's just the number – 35% chance to win the Super Bowl. Which is really high. The Rams are at 20. No one else is even above 10. So they have the Chiefs as the prohibitive best team in the league and the prohibitive best chances because the AFC is a little weaker. The only thing that would be a down to that Super Bowl scenario, Dan, mm-hmm. is that we would not have the chance of seeing essentially like a Pro Bowl team with 9 to 10 Chiefs on it beating up an NFC team of All-Stars. 
which I guess you could live without. I just would like to see that. Wait, what? Wait, uh, you lost. Like if you you do a pro, you could get a Pro Bowl team. There's gonna be so many Kansas City Chiefs in the Pro Bowl if they yes. didn't make the Super Bowl. Oh. And you could essentially okay. have like the Chiefs offense versus a bunch of NFC stars. But right. the Super Bowl probably is what the Chiefs fans would I'm want. Still a little, a little confused more than that. by what you're saying, but. I'm just going to nod The Pro Bowl, the way the Pro Bowl works is <laughs> oh, it's made, up, it's made up of star yeah. players. And so you if lose, you had okay. the entire Chiefs roster on on the AFC side on offense playing an NFC defense. Okay. Does Dude, that click in? Again? For some reason, the I, end of it loses. Defense yeah, is pair with you. In the Super Bowl, in the <laughs> you're in the same place? That's why the, you could put like, the Chiefs in the Like, I know what you're the, saying right. at the beginning. And you're saying – I'm essentially, you're saying the Chiefs will be in the Super Bowl, so all those players are ineligible for the Pro Bowl. That is correct. So, and then the end, though. There's something about that stars they would be, and NFC. That they would be playing – there would be so many Who's Chiefs. They? The, the AFC – Pro Bowl team oh, okay. would have like if they 10, don't go to the Super Bowl, right? Would saying. have like ten or eleven Chiefs on the field at once, destroying an NFC team of all stars. Okay. <laughs> I want to see that. Can we more edit all than of the that Super out? Bowl. <laughs> no, that's my favorite part of the show. Uh, let's move on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the worst game of the week. It's the Buffalo Bills two and seven, uh, losers of four mm. straight. Hey, since I just said the the uh, score totals of the best uh, offense in football, well, how about the worst? Oh, God. Three, 20. How'd that happen? 27, 0, 13, 13, 5, 6, 9. And now they travel to the Meadowlands to face the Jets, a team that hasn't been too hot itself on offense, not quite at Bill's levels uh, of ineptitude, but not good at all. And it's a Jets team that will turn to Josh McCown, their 39-year-old backup because Sam Darnold's going to miss time with a sprained foot. So, here we go, Greg. Sell it. No. Sell it, baby. No. It, <laughs> you you work for it, Roger. It, he signs your paychecks. It's not even the worst game of the week because no one has to watch this one except for you and Bills fans. Monday Night Football has Giants 49ers. Not even Jets fans will watch it. It'll just be me and Bills fans. Just you, you and the Bills fans. <laughs> it, uh, I found it interesting that there's a chance Sam Darnold might be the backup to this game, which – Definitely lend some credence to the thought that maybe they're just hmm. giving them giving a little. Them a little. There's a lot going break. on with that on Twitter right now. I mean, and it's. I don't think. I don't think it's a huge story to me either way. If he's a little banged up and they want to give him a, a break mentally, that makes a lot of sense to me. That's fine. But then you're saying that they 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 got him and everyone else to play along with putting a walking boot on his foot. Like that was not <laughs> right. He's obviously injured. injured. Yes. He's obviously injured, and why push through it? But if if you're active, if you're good enough to be active for the game, most starting quarterback backs, you know, if it's if they're six and three, not three right, and six, exactly, and they're in the heat of the race, is Sam Darnold playing? We have no idea. They really miss right. Billy Powell, which is sort of a sad statement on their offense in right. general. But they really miss. Billy. I think there is one fascinating uh, subplot to this game, and is. Is the Jets center going to, for the second game in a row, be on psilocybin when kickoff hits? What was going on with that guy last week? Wait, who? What? When? The Jets center. Spencer Long. Oh, oh. I mean, I he, mean, how many tabs of LSD went into his body before yeah. before kickoff? I feel bad because I've actually heard him in interviews, and he seems like a super nice oh, guy, sure and was yeah. like really like. I, I know my responsibility for this team, and I, I no one wants to do this more than me. But he has this finger issue. And it's also a mental issue. And Todd Bowles, for whatever reason, the backup must be so bad. Jonathan Harrison. Jonathan Harrison, that he doesn't he doesn't want to turn it over. I mean, it just it tells you a lot about the depth of the Jets and how bad the roster is uh, that they have these type of problems. Because if you watch that game uh, last week, Darnold, some of those mistakes, not to take heat off Darnold, 
he got thrown out of whack immediately because he's jumping to catch a snap or reaching down yeah. at his shins to catch a snap, and oh, you yeah. can tell it messed up his flow. But uh, anyway. I've get- embraced the challenge of coming up with a few positive takeaways for the Jets every week. Oh, thank because you. Because they have – What about the Bills? They have reclaimed their rightful place as my least favorite team to watch, oh, yes. which has been going on for like six years now. Um, <laughs> Imagine how I feel, buddy. <laughs> Quincy Anunwa and Jamal Adams' effort level was astonishing last week. Anunwa out there oh, playing injured, diving for balls, laying out. Carrying tacklers. Jamal Adams is like 23 years old, and you can already tell he's going to be the leader on that defense for the next decade because he cares so damn much, and he lays it all on the line. I love watching those two guys play. I mean, Anunwa would be a guy that would, if he was surrounded by like a championship team, you know, he would, like, go down in a ring of honor as, like, the glue guy who made the difference. But instead, he's he surrounded. And maybe he will anyway. All right, I like will. that. Okay. Yeah. In four Eventually. years, five years about. Okay. It's like your Then he'll guy. get the credit. Yeah. <laughs> then he'll get the credit. Uh, let's move on. The Redskins, they are in first place in the NFC East. But as Wes has pointed out, injuries. They've been devastated, especially along their offensive line, which is a majorly problematic because Adrian Peterson has been the lifeblood of their offense. And now they have a, a bunch of – you know, Hammenagers in the place of the starters in the interior line. Uh, and now they travel to Tampa Bay uh, to face a Bucks team that is three and five, but they do have that Fitzmagic cooking, Mark Sessler. What do you think? Yeah, I want to see how the Redskins will respond to, I mean, last week's sort of ultra apocalypse in terms of injuries, but also just the way that that defense totally was manhandled by the Falcons because you yes you just said it with the bucks they're messy but they've scored 26 or more points in all but one game this year they are powerful on offense and they're facing and i don't know how the redskins can keep up basically and the redskins to me well, the one thing that's tough is hard, their passing game and the one thing from our research notes that i thought it ex- put this out there in a good example was that Ryan Fitzpatrick leads the NFL with 9.7 yards per attempt. And you see that the way that they play, how daring he is. He'll take shots downfield. That doesn't always work out, but it often does. Alex Smith at 6.7 yards per attempt, the fifth lowest league wide. And then when you watch the Redskins offense, you can see that too. And I just wonder if the Bucks at home, this is going to be a hideous uniform matchup. Let's not forget oh, that. It is going to be hard on the eyes. But if they get out and they get kind of on fire, because the Bucks at this point have just go for it. Why not? This could be a rough one for the Redskins. I had a listener, or a reader suggest that if you're in field goal position in this game and you're the Bucks, just like kick a field goal on first or second down and take the lead because there's been no lead <laughs> changes in any Redskins game all season, That's crazy. which to wow. me is the craziest stat in the NFL. And you know what? Our research team looked it up. This is a tough one to do. Yeah. They are the fourth team since 1970 not to have zero lead changes through eight games. No one's ever made it through 10 weeks. So now I've got, well, let me- if nothing else, I'm rooting for that yeah. for the next two weeks. It's insane that, that, they haven't come from behind or given up any without. Do, does it have the teams and their records? Yeah. I would I would think what makes this even crazier is that maybe if you're a really really bad team, you got beat and you fell behind every single game, and maybe you won a game or two where you jumped out ahead. But the Redskins are a five and three game team that kind of hangs every week. They're close to their competition. Were they bad teams? Well, they've they have won games very easily and they've lo- like they and lost games in a blow. That's the thing is like they're a five and three team who has three 
really bad losses where they were more or less manhandled. Right. The t- other teams, though, were they bad? I'm trying to figure that oh, out. Okay, don't fly. worry about it. I thought they had it. Well, the Redskins did pick the right opponent. I mean, if you're going to be an injured, decimated mess, at least go up against an atrocious defense that can't tackle. And it, the Bucks' tackling performance last week was just, I mean, abominable. It, it's why I think their GM is all – Jason Light is probably going to get swept out if they don't rally too because, man, they spent a lot of money the last two off seasons. Vinny Curry has kind of been a bust for them. They took Vita Vea over Derwin James when they had a crying need at safety. And, like, the, just the money they've spent on defense has turned them into one of the worst defenses in the league. If you sweep out Cutter, Light, you almost got to sleep out Winston too, right? And just do a fresh. Well, start. I mean, in theory, I, the next coach maybe might want him, but you never. know. I wouldn't but, want to lose Todd Monken. I mean, that, that happens though when you sweep everyone out. He might go. He might want to get out of there. But I mean, GMs. How many times do GMs have a chance to hire second and third coaches and maybe pick a second quarterback? Especially not often. unusual. Yeah, especially when they're not they're not winning. By the way, right? I'm worried about Ryan Fitzpatrick. He takes more like vicious hits than any quarterback in the league, and it just seems like it's a matter of time. He always gets He used up. to be a really good scrambler, and he has lost about four steps. He can't <laughs> scramble anymore. Uh, he can still sling it, though. Let's move on. Oh, on the throne of ease, everything is feeling good. Six straight wins. Just beat the Packers in another primetime home game without Gronk. That was a nice win. Nice dub. And I just want to, before we get into this game uh, against uh, New England South, the Titans. I just want to congratulate everyone and thank everyone for realizing this year, it felt the first time when New England had their slow September. For once, it didn't feel like everybody was like, oh, this is it. The the Patriots aren't that good this year. I think everybody was just like, relax. Been here. Aaron Rodgers style. Like, we're not buying in. We've seen the monthly splits of this team for 20 years now. And I don't think anybody is surprised at all uh, by these wins. And uh, I, I, I fully, fully expect them to continue winning and end up at 12 or 13 again. Uh, they're going to Tennessee in this game, uh, West, to face the Titans, who just – they're coming off their biggest win of the year uh, on Monday Night Football, or at least their most impressive on some level. Your thoughts? I'm still trigging – I'm still trying to figure out Marcus Mariota, and that puts me probably in the same bucket as all the coaches who have had Marcus Mariota because here's the pickle. Buckets, pickles. <laughs> when Give me that pickle. In order to bedevil opposing defenses, he has to run. He has to use his legs. But he's not Cam Newton, and he gets injured all the time when he runs. So how do you use him at his best and keep him healthy? Look at the Chiefs' playoff win last year, the game against the Eagles this year, the game against the Cowboys. He's using his legs, and that's when the Titans' offense is at its best. When on third downs – Marcus Mariota is a threat to run because their yep. passing game on third downs has been one of the worst. I don't think he has the same feel of throwing w- when he's running. Like so, that's part. That's part of it. Is that when he starts to run, it's like he's running. He has not shown himself to be great throwing necessarily improvised like outside the pocket like a Russell Wilson guy. I mean, and by the way, Erica will be at this game. Maybe we can get her thoughts during the Sunday night show. I'm sure she'll be 100 percent really? sober, ready to. Share her thoughts in a clear manner. Should be interesting. What are you doing in Nashville in the middle of the season? I'm going to a bachelorette party, to, and we're going to go to the Pats game versus the Titans. And so that's also, the party is that's, going that's to the Pats game? Well, we're going to Nashville for the weekend. and then uh, News to Dan. One of Belichick's favorite cities. Yeah. I'd love to go to Nashville in the middle of the season and party. 
Hey, I got That's a great. recommendation for you. Yeah? Yeah. Uh, go to, I believe it's called East Nasty. East or, Nasty? That's the I mean, name of the I feel sandwich. like she already was going there. <laughs> <laughs> Biscuit Love is the name of the restaurant. Get get the East Nasty. Anywhere Tamposi goes is East Nasty. Oh! <laughs> oh! <laughs> and twins. <laughs> Absurd. Anyway, that sounds fun. Hey, one, one one takeaway I had from the Titans' performance against the Cowboys, which, again, was a very good one, a nice win. But I don't know how sustainable it is to convert, like, 15 third and sixes right. in a game. And it was impressive, but um, Rich Semini of uh, ESPN had a, had a good line about the Jets that I'll kind of use here. Sometimes it feels like the Titans – are on a 120-yard field on a 10-degree incline. Yes. And it's just, like, so hard for them to matriculate it. Yes. I mean, a scoring drive has to be 15 plays in nine minutes because there's just no explosive element to the offense. That's right? absolutely true. And, that, and they're playing a defense, which is great at preventing big plays. Like, the, the Patriots' defense is significantly better this year than it was a year ago. It's taken a little while for it to get going, but Stephon Gilmore – is playing as well as any cornerback in the league right now. There's definitely, I mean, it's it's been the story this week with because they're going up against Malcolm Butler. And I, I kind of want to, like, I'm recognizing the Patriots fans enjoying Malcolm Butler struggling a little too much. And I saw that in myself, too, about a month ago. And I, when I looked in the mirror, I didn't like what I saw. So I'm trying to put that past. Gave you a so Super Bowl. This guy was a hero. I get it. I get this guy it. was a hero. Let's not let's not enjoy. Let's not just like enjoy that. Oh, I'm warning people now. If you tweet me that Bill Belichick was right to bench Malcolm Butler because of how he's playing with the Tennessee Titans, Don't you will it. be blocked. It has nothing. And to you do let with me know it. who it is because I'll block them too. It, it has just nothing such a lack to do with it. Of knowledge and understanding of the sport. I know. Thank you. I've already gotten about six of those tweets. How about you, Mark? Are you gonna block him too? I don't. I'm not. I allow Wes to block for both of us. I almost <laughs> just don't really even look at any of this stuff coming in anymore. I need to adopt that. And uh, Brady was okay uh, on Sunday night. You guys have been kind of. He's been on your radar a little bit. I will say they're averaging 35 points a game for the past six. Wait, weeks. Which right, leads so. the NFL, by the way. Since exactly Dan's point, the first month since the first month, of the and season, I've had no continuity in terms of who's out there. In a, a, any of the positions, really. It's a totally different group now than it was earlier. You might get Gronk back this week. It sounds like you will get Sony Michelle back. Rex Burkhead is practicing again and it can come oh, off IR in a few weeks. So I think that's that's trending up if they're healthy. Sony Michelle. Have, I may have been playing that up a little bit for the lock last week. Mm-hmm. It's not like Brady's been terrible. He's just missed a lot of throws this year. No, you but guys, uh, the scientists were in lockstep. It's like, I'm surprised that it hasn't been on your radar because he's been missing so many throws. It's like, <laughs> right. Not, I mean, come on. He has missed a lot of throws, he, but he's he also had, made some He throws. had set such a ridiculous level the last two years that instead of being the best quarterback in the league, like maybe he's, you know, the 10th so far, and he'll probably get better. And um, I talked – I had this as one of the ATN Debate Club questions, and if you're not watching the Tuesday show – What's taking you so long? Go check it out because we did a nice Catch debate up. segment where uh, the Wes and Seth's moving company and uh, the Hot Boys, which is Reggie Bush and Greg Rosenthal, squared off in a debate. I moderated and judged. And one of the questions I had I posed or one of the debate topics was, should Rob Gronkowski come back as soon as he's able or should they take it easy? And I did kind of an extreme by saying wait until the playoffs. But I honestly think the Patriots are going to win 12 games regardless of whether Gronk's on the field. I would not rush this man back. I would wait until that back is feeling good. Not just okay, but we'll see what they do or how he looks when he does return because they're not going to rest him. Let's move on. Los Angeles Chargers, here we go. Six and two. They have not lost 
gentlemen, since September 23rd. Uh, so they are on a five-game winning streak, and they have a cookie coming up uh, in the Oakland Raiders. So they go to the black hole. So, Greg, if you want to make a case, maybe uh, being on the road could spook the Chargers. It has historically given them trouble this time of year. Uh, some road matchups, but not sure. the Raiders are just trash. How about, you know, you throw the records away when you're in the division. Yeah. How about you, that? You throw the records away when you're in the division. Or right, you just Greg? throw this entire Raiders season away. I thought this, it was the, that the record book, sense. too. I'll vote for that. Do you throw the yeah. record books out sometimes? Let's throw the rest of the Raiders season away. Right. Well, the Raiders are trying to throw their season away. This is as close to tanking as, as we've seen. It was not, I don't think it was the intent. I don't think it was the plan coming in. But at this stage, they're essentially tanking. They've tanked. I saw the Buccaneers tank to get Jameis Winston, so don't tell me this is the closest. Sure, but that was a one-week. That was a one-week. that work out? Yeah. They got the number one pick, which is Come extremely up, valuable. Police, arrest this man. The Eagles offered half the <laughs> roster for that pick, and Buccaneers turned it down. It's it's because the Nick Mullins storyline was so unexpected and really such a nice surprise in a game that no one cared about. It's you. What you lose is – what a trash bag effort that was, that was by the crazy. Raiders. That is as, as embarrassing a loss as you could cook up even in your imagination. A player that had essentially never taken a snap comes in and scorch, scorches you from wire to wire. <laughs> well, mo- and more, the first play of the, of the game. Embarrassing. Not, uh, I mean, nobody cares about fantasy teams, but I started the Raiders' defense last mm. week. Oh, so did Don't you. A lot of people did that <laughs> because it may, I even consulted with Greg, the former Roto World guy, and, and you were like, ah, it makes some sense. Uh, and you know what? As soon as the first quarter started – he completed like a nine-yard pass, and he looked comfortable. I was like, oh, this was a horrible decision. <laughs> and I, it sucked because every, Nick Mullins was this feel-good story, and I spent the whole game just hating the guy because how <laughs> is this guy looking like Montana? And then I realized the Raiders aren't trying. Don't go near the Raiders. It, it was more embarrassing, I think, to see the Raiders score three points on one of the worst defenses in the league, though. I mean, you had Derek yeah. Carr out there who was running into hits. Uh, I mean, he certainly has not had great protection, but in that protection's a joke. In that in that game, especially, and they did point it out on the telecast, like he's had protection, and then he kind of runs to where where there's pressure, and he goes down. Well, it's probably in his head after that Seattle game in London when the, neither neither tackle could protect him. And he looked so good against the Colts too the week before, and I was thinking, oh, Carr might survive this, or he's the one that keep his dignity intact, and then that happens. It's like, oh. Hopefully the Chargers keep it going. They've passed every check mark. You do, you do, you know, get worried that they're just gonna, I don't know, not. When's the next test for this team? Raiders, Broncos, Cardinals, then Pittsburgh. Feels At like Pittsburgh, Keenan Allen's almost an afterthought, and he seems ex- as explosive as ever. They're using him for like reverses and end arounds every week. They're, they're gonna be worst case scenario eight and three going to that Pittsburgh game. I think they'll be nine and two, and then they'll get, get the Chiefs soon after that. There's a test. Let's see what you do in Pittsburgh. Yep. I'm not going to get too excited until that game. I mean, watch Melvin Gordon; you'll get excited. Well, I mean, it's be- believe get in the you, team. Get you going. I well, spicy nailed it. Let's you know why? I just figured out why Greg loves Greg loves the Chargers so much. Why? Geno Smith, their backup quarterback. Oh yeah. yeah. I mean, I've loved and they're I, in I like them before, but you that does the show last year too. the organizational wisdom that they have. <laughs> Oh yeah, uh, he's gonna. I have. I've said this already. He's gonna have a Drew Bledsoe in the AFC Championship like moment 
to shut up all the but, haters. But, this Greg, year. you can't have a Drew Bledsoe like moment if you weren't Drew Bledsoe to begin with. Well, no, I'm just saying like one of the great quarterbacks of his era, but now the backup comes in has like a moment, but then hands it back to Philip Rivers. You for the said Super this like you know, eight Smith, times in some eight different iterations, and every time he comes in and blows it. <laughs> the, the thing there, though, also that I think we're like Drew Bledsoe was a local hero who was it was awkward because he was up upstaged by Tom Brady. Geno Smith is like don't widely you, considered to be an unlikable well, character. Well, I'm gonna justify the the comment. Right, like outside of LA, that's true, but among Chargers fans, <laughs> no, like, people just tra- love. There are no Chargers fans. I just I just realized yeah, that's true too. I just realized I have to root against the Chargers. I don't want. I don't I don't want Geno getting a Super Bowl ring, even in a backup capacity. Whew, the hatred is strong. I mean, if you don't think I'm doing a feature on Geno Smith at the Super Bowl, you're dead wrong. I will get revved by four people. I told you, I already had the vision. It's Andy. It's Andy week. Okay. Get ahead of it right now. Have your feature in the can. Do you think he remembers doing the owner's meeting interview with us if we were to see him during Super Bowl? Yes. I think he's a brilliant man, Andy Reid. That is a, a knack for faces and content. He recognizes fellow brilliant. <laughs> uh, the Miami Dolphins, 5-4, and four, uh, did not look good at all on offense against the Jets, but the Jets were so bad offensively themselves uh, that a pick six ended up being the difference in the game. So, But they got the win, and they're 5-4, and four, and they're in the wild card race uh, on some level. Uh, well, here's a challenge. Go to Lambeau, win a football game. And, uh, and we know, Mark, well, I'll just say this, Mark. Like, we were just saying we took apart the Cowboys – on the Twitter show, uh, saying, you know, why is everyone surprised? Why would anybody be surprised that the Cowboys will lose that game when they're not that good? Well, how much more evidence do we need to see that the Packers can get beat by anybody? Because here they are midway through the season with three wins. I totally agree. And the question that I would have for you guys is, if you had to bet your entire bank account on neither of these teams making the playoffs or one of them, which would you pick? Because I know, I know it's not both. To me, it would just be about the Packers. The, the Dolphins right. are but do no we, chance. If you had to honestly put all your possessions up, do we really believe the Packers are getting there? Or is it just that we psychically are attached to what the Packers have been for so long with Aaron Rodgers that despite their record, we still see them as the team to beat in that division? They've done it before because he's done it before. That tie could really help them. Uh, potentially, well, if they can go nine, them. six, and one, or hurt them, right? Yeah, it could bang them too. Right. If you're if you're putting those kind of stakes on it, to answer your question, I would choose none. Neither of these teams make the playoffs. Right. I know you you caught me in uh, a truth like logic problem here <laughs> because I was just talking to you about this the other day that that they would still be the team I would take to win that division, but when you put it like that. I'm just going with the odds, and the odds are they're they're behind two other teams that are solid right now, and and they are the long shot. I, I mean, the rough schedule. I think they can do it, but they they are a long shot. As Wes put uh, and it, it informed his lock, and you, I'm not giving away. You locked with your heart money. a little bit, Wes, as it turned out. Uh, but the Packers needed that win in New England. America needed that. Win. America needed it. Football society needed that. And especially win. when New England was not starting their their running back or their tight end, you have to go get that win and get yourself in a 4-3 and 1 spot. Now you're really behind the eight ball. I think they've shown some things defensively that they can build off. I don't know what is the status of Blake Martinez for this week. That would be a big loss. But I just can't believe that a team with Aaron Rodgers and the best left tackle in football and plenty of other you know, talent. All right, here's a way to look at it. When's the last time a Packers team that had Aaron Rodgers healthy did not make a charge in a similar situation and end up in the playoffs? Haven't they always pulled it off? It's never happened. 
So his, maybe that's his first year. They've also never had is, three one we'll rule that way. That's Since right. he's been established as a good quarterback, it hasn't happened. So maybe we should, before we bet against yeah. him, he should show us that he, he isn't able to. Well, he's they, done relax. He's done run the table. I'm back it's to bet. To come up with I'm back to betting on him. You're and, back your, and your boy Valdez Scantlin is there. Oh, yeah. My boy, they've never gotten this far in the season with three wins and made the playoffs. They have an uphill. They, they do not have an easy schedule. But they have schedule. had four losses. They have an uphill battle. They do. One thing on this Dolphins <laughs> offense, you know how whenever you have a young quarterback and he comes out like right away and he does well on the first drive or two and they're like, well, what, let's wait until see after he gets through the scripted plays and see how he does. Mm. The Dolphins are the opposite. They've had nine opening drives this year. They're supposed to have one of the best offensive minds in the game as their coach, and they've punted all nine times on the opening drives this year. And Brock Osweiler has gotten worse week after week after week after week. A little bit worse each time until last week where he was um, barely on the field. Well, so. and if someone told you you're going to go play this Jets team that has all sorts of issues on offense, you're going to get four interceptions, would you say you're going to put up more than 13 points? That's that's it, not a good is, showing. This is the most disrespected 5-4 and four team I can remember. <laughs> like, no one – no one, they don't even respect themselves, it seems. And yet, like, when you look at <laughs> – when you look at the like the, they're not passing the mirror test. No, they're not. They're getting in fights afterward. Like there's all sorts of things. They just seem unhappy for such a five and four team. And, but when you look at like DVOA for what they it's have worth, to watch this is the play. these are the 13th and 14th best teams in the league. These two, they're, they they see them as about the same because they they found a way to cook up some big plays and one side of their ball usually plays fairly well to the point where they've been average. They've had great special teams. I don't know. Uh, here's an NFC West matchup. The Seahawks, 4-4, four and four, uh, were charging, looking good. And then they ran into the Chargers in their building. Uh, tough loss that kind of brought them down to earth. Uh, and now, bad loss. Because now you got to go play the Rams at home. A Rams team, Wes, that's coming off their first loss of the season. You can imagine uh, that this is going to be a, a difficult team to beat twice in a row. The Rams have a beautiful, beautiful offense, and I don't feel any different about them after that loss to the Saints, a game I, I believe could have gone either way. Did the defense bother you at all that they Marcus couldn't get a Peters stop? Marcus Peters bothers me, um, and I maybe he's overcompensating for that injury. I know he's got caught peaking a few times in the backfield. He's moving well, though. I mean, he when, he wasn't moving well when Mike Thomas beat him. <laughs> I mean, he, he wasn't moving that well last week. And this Seattle team played them tough last week. They came out. They ran the ball down the Chargers' throats on the opening drive last week. Um, it looked like a long afternoon for the Chargers' D. Then Carson got injured. And Mike Davis runs just as physically as Chris Carson. He's one of the few backs in the NFL that does. He's just not nearly as good as Chris Carson. They miss him. They they will miss him. This was, I think, my favorite game of the season the first time they played. That game had everything. It was so much fun. It was surprising. And I don't – and this is a case where I think the division teams know each other well, and I don't see the Rams as some crazy prohibitive prohibitive favorite. I think the Seahawks will show up. The Rams, after a loss, by the way, were excellent last year. Uh, 4-0, they averaged 34 points a game. They The games were not close. So Peyton uh, McVay, in addition to uh, being this hot shot – uh, offensive mind, obviously has been able to coach these teams up well, coming off losses with that great coaching staff. 
you know, Bones has got something up his sleeve, Wes, coming <laughs> off an L. It's crazy. No matter who's returning for them, he, he gets these nameless, faceless returners who all average 30-something yards per touch. <laughs> Although Hecker not getting to the sticks, and maybe he did, but he didn't get the call. That was a rough moment. You know, that I had to hurt Bones. I mean, I would I would submit that he got to the sticks. <laughs> I think he did, too. I thought he it, got banged a little bit there. There was, like, not one – that they needed one more replay angle to make that yes. very clear to everyone. It, I mean, it's an interesting week for the Rams, who have been in Los Angeles now for the third – this is their third year there. Their their home is Thousand Oaks, which, you know, we taped this Thursday. The, the night before, you know, was was a shooting, which I'm sure our listeners have heard about, where – where 12 people died. A lot of the Rams live there. That's that's where they practice. That's 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 their home. They they live in the Thousand Oaks area. You could definitely tell uh, today in Sean McVay's speech, and then just some of the things that the the players have tweeted out. It that that has gonna hit home. Obviously, you have no idea what, if that means anything for a football game. But I did I did just think think it's interesting that the Ra- the Rams have become I think more of a part of the fabric of Los Angeles over the last few years and this is definitely in a, you know just a, a time that it's only going to do that more and that that they're going to be really impacted by that that is a small town cat yeah. where Cal Lutheran is or you guys have been up there I mean that's that college is closed today it's a, it's a small city. that's not LA that's like small little suburban that's where most of the players and, live yeah. people who who get on L.A. as a football city or take the Chargers and then lump the Rams in with the Chargers. It's, it's frankly lazy and just you're misinformed uh, because the Rams, there is a, a, a real fan culture out here, and they are connected to the city they were before they left, and that's why when they came back it made so much more sense uh, than what's going on with the Chargers. But, yeah, that that is got to be casting a pall over that entire facility uh, because they're right in the thick of it. They said they're going to have a moment of silence, maybe do something else. Andrew Whitworth is kind of getting something together between the, the players in, in the community, and, and we'll, we'll see if – I don't know if, if that has any impact. Uh, let's move on to Sunday night football, NFC East affair. The Dallas Cowboys – come on. Cowboys, they got to flex them out after what they did on Monday. I mean, here we are. I know you need more time to do that, but that's another rule change. They would never. At, not at three and five. So they're three and five. They are. This is a loser goes home for them. So it's not a loser goes home match because the the Eagles could survive, although they'd be in a lot of trouble if they lost at four and four. Uh, But you got to you got to like the chances here for the Eagles, um, uh, Greg, who do very well stopping the run, especially at home. And if you take Ezekiel Elliott out of the Cowboys offense, even with Amari Cooper there, uh, you just don't imagine they're going to be able to put up a lot of points. Yeah, you saw some of the limitations of building the offense around Zeke last week where he started out great, kind of faded throughout the game, and you need more than that. You need a a receiver group where it's been on the receiver. Everyone's been blaming the receivers, and maybe they can't just get open, but it, it seems like it's a combination between the play caller and the receivers, and Dak Prescott can all take some blame. But I, I really don't think he's had open receivers to throw to. I think they're just kind of a stale offense where guys aren't open. Hard to watch. I I took away that the receivers weren't that bad last week. I thought Gallup showed something. I thought Amari Cooper showed something. Cooper Cooper looked good. Where's Cooper. Cole Beasley, by the way? He had been doing well until he disappeared. Well, those guys week. were okay the past couple weeks, actually. The wide receivers. But <laughs> I, mean, I don't he, think it's a. You, you want to talk about disappearing when the team needs you? There was he was you you could have sent a search party out for the guy on Monday night. The sounds expensive. The Eagles. We're really hoping for Darren Sproles. <laughs> is it? I guess it would be. 
I guess it's often volunteer it's city work. Funding. It's often volunteer work search parties, isn't it? Like neighbors yeah. and friends. Helicopters though, they they're expensive. They they were the Eagles were really hoping for Darren Sproles to come back and make an impact. They they didn't trade for a running back. They held his roster spot open um, and cut a player that they didn't necessarily want to because of that. And then he came back to practice this week, immediately hurt his hamstring, not expected to play in the game. And you have to wonder, like, is he going to play for them at all? And that, not only that's... hurt his hamstring, but hurt it in a different spot. It's like a new injury. Mm. The the Cowboys also are not going to have Sean Lee for a while. And I it crossed What else mind. is new? With him leaving last week, was that the last time we see Sean Lee? in a Cowboys uniform. Maybe he's back this season, but at some point I think they, they can't keep paying him this money. I mean, that, uh, he needs hamstring replacement surgery. Well, they got to they got to figure out how to do that. And for the first time ever, their defense didn't collapse when he was out because Leighton Vander Esch has played really well, and so has Jalen Smith. Yep. But about the hamstring replacement surgery, Wes, I mean, we got to figure that you know, out. You know who did that? Who? Ken Griffey Jr. with the Reds. He did. I remember that. He w- the Reds got a broken Ken Griffey Jr. Oh, that was like the most excited I've been as a Reds fan, and like it all went. Did he run into the wall the first game with the Reds and break his wrist? I think he ran into the wall every game with the Reds. When you say we will figure it out, we've got to figure it out, Dan. Do you feel like you have a large part in the medical <laughs> research community? I that strained my hamstring uh, twice in the first Shield Championship season. Oh yeah. So it's it's personal cause for me as well. You know how like Wes. Like, I'm just saying, are you the brain power behind that procedure yeah, being? No, I'm just a supporter. Man? I'm like on the board. Uh, Wes, when you contracted uh, cancer and it was very uh, contracted, very sad, and 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 you overcame it, you do feel closer you, to it. Contracted. Yeah. It's not like you yeah. used a dirty needle or something. I mean, what's going know? on? Yeah, my experience with cancer basically mirrors yours with the hamstring. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, the Eagles got to win. Part of the community now, the hamstring. <laughs> <laughs> the Eagles got to win. They're going to win this game. Uh, I I, I should have locked this one up because I I feel super um, confident that uh, they're going to win this because they know they got the Superdome next week. I I am going to lock it up. I've locked them up for much of the season. Good luck. I stupidly uh, jumped off of them when you guys didn't against the Jaguars. Weird move. But, but but play better than they did in that game. That game is one of the reasons why. I didn't mind not locking them there. They don't beat anyone by more than two scores. They haven't been impressive. Like, it all makes sense that they should be better. They're coming out of their bye. Let's see it. Yeah. They haven't. They, it, they've really been a, a very mediocre team. If anything, they're lucky to be 4-4. Four and four. And finally, Monday Night Football, the other really bad game in this week, and also a New York team. Uh, the Giants, 1-7, and seven, last place in the NFC East against the 49ers, 2-7, and seven, last place in the NFC West. Uh, Eli Manning, who knows? Every start now could be the last one for Eli if he continues to play this way. And if you want to get excited about the game, Mark, uh, if you like a little Nick Mullins, uh, you know, fairy tale, you like a little Brett Favre on the phone, you like a little uh, schoolboy stepping up. They're going to go back to Favre? I don't know. But then you might like this game. Four things that I will consider doing instead of watching this game. Number one, print out 1,000 images of Paula Poundstone and (laughs) over the next three years, send one daily via snail mail to Dan's house, each with this message. You like what you see? Ooh. (laughs) Number two. This is a criminal history, I think. Possibly. Number two, be one of those guys who camps out on a billboard and refuses to come down (laughs) until every human being who owns a cat or multiple cats allows them to roam free in the streets for all of us to appreciate. Did that... End in like 1996 or something. Nobody does that anymore. Early 2000s. It was it was a like legit stunt in every city. The, the radio morning show type thing people yeah. would do. 
People realize this is the stupidest thing a human can do. <laughs> Number three, take a shared Uber to the Mexican border, cross said border, continue south to Nicaragua, and become a Monday through Friday landscaper for a local warlord. <laughs> the, the warlord. But there's something uh, I've always thought if you were like a landscaper, if you were like tending to lawns and properties, it would be an honest living and something that I would like to do, uh, but not for a warlord. Hmm. I, I largely fair. agree. But what are you going to tell the Uber share rider that you're doing on the way there? I don't have to talk to that person. It's I might. an awkward ride. It's a, it's a long ride to share. No, you got to do the share. It's too expensive. Number four, prank call the 22 people in L.A. County who still have landlines. <laughs> I genuinely miss prank calling people and think it would be way more fun than watching Giants vs. Niners. I like the idea of like a 45-year-old man prank calling people on a Monday night. I have I a rooting interest here. <laughs> Yeah, I'm rooting for Eli Manning to lose two more games and then get pulled. So his career record is the very artistic and very fitting 112 and 112. Mm. <laughs> mm. The most average quarterback of his generation will finish with a 500 record. Do you factor in the playoff record? Because that's not bad. It's actually under 500. Well, it's not bad. Well, includes two titles. <laughs> his playoff record is under 500. Yes. People How's forget. That possible. Because they lost so many times. Oh, because uh, he took the team to the playoffs a ton of years. Early, ago. early on. <laughs> yeah. That's Actually, horrible. no, I'm wrong. I, yeah, I'm still. He's so eight high. and four in the playoffs. Oh, so maybe he should conclude the most important games in his career. He has gone one and done four different times. Yeah, and gone four and zero oh twice. Well, four and zero oh twice. Rem- remember that the Giants, hey, went, the Giants went one and done. Not Eli Manning. Eli Manning led them to two Super Bowls. Hey, Kenton. Four right. and zero oh, twice. It is. It Name is. Name another guy that did it. It is a, an amazing thing to look at that they've they've won they've only won a game in the playoffs once in the last decade, but they made a count with a Hall of Fame quarterback. He's special. And, yeah, he is. And who did he beat in those two uh, Super Bowls? The New England Patriots. Greatest coach and the greatest quarterback of all time. Two times. Twice. What a game this is going to be. <laughs> Erica. Have fun in Nashville. What a manufactured joke. (laughs) Enjoy yourself. And and while you're partying in Nashville, a reminder, and Mark offered a reminder to all of us that the 2019 Pro Bowl is coming up. Hey, it's coming. And the vote is here. Which NFL players do you want to see at the 2019 Pro Bowl in Orlando? Vote today at NFL.com slash Pro Bowl vote. Hashtag ad. This is Dan Hansis signing off. That's it. That's how the show ends. A little answer to the company. Dan Hans is signing off for the Quiet Storm, the mailman, the erstwhile boss, and the loose cannon behind the glass till Sunday night.
you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.